Good morning, and peace be with you. I would like to direct your attention to the insert in your bulletin, which is uh, an announcement, which is going to be the theme today from our gospel reading, the parable of the wedding banquet. And in here you will find all kinds of things that are edifying, that are good, that are part of this church's ministry. And so I invite you to peruse through that to see if anything looks like you would uh, like to attend. And uh, the more, the merrier, because when we come together in Jesus' name, he promises that he is there also. Amen? Amen. So without further ado, we will get started here in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you and Father for the Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, 
I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Almighty God, you invite us to trust in you for our salvation. Deal with us not in the severity of your judgment, by the, but by the greatness of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading this morning is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. This can be found in your pew Bible on page 1095. Now, Isaiah prophesied about 750 years before the birth of Christ. He was martyred. He worked for um, five different kings. The last one had enough of him, I suppose, and martyred him. Isaiah, throughout his prophecies, was uh, predicting 
God's wrath on the Israelites if they didn't straighten up, fly right. And they never got it, I guess. Anyway, um, chapter 25, beginning with the sixth verse. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord, we trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Now we will read Psalm 23 responsibly. It's printed in your bulletin. And once again, I suspect this is a Psalm of David and he's probably in trouble, as he typically was, and he's pleading with God. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, not the Philippines. Book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 13, and this can be found in page 1830 in your pew Bible. Paul wrote many letters, Corinthians to Philippians, etc., all from prison in Rome. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what, is, what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. O 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, and can be found on page 1534 in your Pew Bible. Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding and a banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. And then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention, and they went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest, well, they seized his servants, mistreating them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army, and he destroyed those murderers, and he burnt their city. And he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with the guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him, and tie him hand and foot, and throw them outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In order to understand the parable in today's gospel, it is helpful to understand the context of the culture that was of the day, especially the context of royal wedding customs. After all, the wedding feast in the parable is the king's feast that's given in honor of the wedding of the prince. The king has all the resources that the kingdom, well, they're at his disposal. What does that mean? Well, that means that it had the best food, the best entertainment. The king might even have his best architects and builders build a whole new building just for that event. The feast lasted many days, and so the servants of the king prepared the best lodging for the wedding guest. In short, money was no object. One of the things a king would do for wedding guests is to provide a, a fashion spa, if you will, for them when they arrived. The king, he understood that travel was hard. It was really hard work in those days compared to now. People would arrive exhausted and dirty. They, the difficulty of the travel might even make them a, a little bit grumpy. The king provided facilities for refreshment. Facilities for refreshment, really. Well, think manicures and pedicures and 
fashion designers and expert tailors, everything that the guests needed to look and to feel their very best when they entered the banquet hall. You see, the king wanted everyone and everything to be perfect in order to honor the wedding of his son, the prince. If we can imagine this lavish scene that is pictured here in the parable, it it makes it more understandable, doesn't it? The, uh, The other thing about the culture of that day has more to do with the simple fact that they did not have, the people of the time, they did not have the same They didn't have the same attitude (laughs) about time that we do. We have iWatch and iPads and iPhones to tell us the exact time that it is. We have all kinds of instant communication. Now at that time of the parable, Even writing was very expensive. So most communication was done orally or or face-to-face. And if you were important, like a king, you had servants to do the communicating. But communication was still very personal. It was still oral communication. Now this meant that there were always two invitations to a party. Now, the first invitation was to inform everyone that plans were underway. This is the invitation that had the RSVP, Respondez s'il vous plaît, right? Those who could attend would reply that they were coming. Now, the second invitation informed the guests that everything was ready for them to come to the party. The people who received this second invitation had already promised. They already promised to come. It was an incredible insult to excuse yourself after you already promised to attend. It kind of is that way today. Turning down the second invitation of the king, well, that, that was treason. Mistreating the servants who brought the second invitation was tantamount to an act of war. Now, Jesus used these known customs to illustrate his teaching about who enters the kingdom of heaven and who does not. This parable demonstrates the overwhelming generosity of God the Father and his justice. It also demonstrates the cruel insanity of those who reject the gift of salvation. The king is, of course, God the Father. The wedding feast is eternal life. The servants are God's prophets, his apostles and pastors. Those who were invited and refused Well, they are the rank believers, unbelievers. They were invited and they did not believe. The travelers on the highways who were both bad and good are those who have no worth in themselves, but who are at the wedding solely by the grace and mercy of God. The guest who was not dressed properly is a hypocrite. His name is on the rolls of the church, but he rejects the gifts of God. So, what does this parable say to us today? Why is it important for us to hear this parable? It is, it's very easy for us to look through the pages of the Old Testament and see the many ways that people rejected the prophets. We hear how the people put the prophets in prison. They drove them out of their homes, and they put them to death. 
and we rightly condemn such activity. We hear that the original 12 apostles, of those 12, only John died of old age. All of the others died a martyr's death. And we wonder at such cruelty, and once again we condemn it. It is very easy to point a finger of condemnation at people who lived long ago and far away. But what about you and me? What does Jesus say to us today? Jesus used the man who refused the wedding clothes to warn you and me today. We are gathered right now in the wedding hall of the king. How are you dressed? Imagine what this man had to do to get into the wedding without the right clothes on. He had to sneak in. When he arrived, the servants of the king came to him and offered to clean him up and heal his wounds. They offered him clothing that was just the right style for the feast. And they wanted to give him everything he needed to fully enjoy the wedding banquet of the king. The servants, they they offered it all. And he refused. He insisted on doing things his way instead of the king's way. He insisted on wearing his clothes, his own clothes, dirty, filthy rags, instead of the king's clothes. He entered the wedding hall, but rejected the gifts of the king. Now, pastors, pastors are servants of God. And when they open up God's word, they offer the best in heavenly style. It is called the righteousness of Christ. It's a very expensive style because Jesus had to buy this style with his holy, his precious blood and his innocent suffering and death on that cross, on a cross. The heavenly style is the righteousness that Jesus earned for you and for me. He earned it through his suffering and death on the cross. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ is the only style that is elegant enough for eternal life. It is the only style that the true servants of God can offer you. Christ and him crucified. Now, as a servant of Christ, the pastor's job is to remove the filthy fashion of sin and clothe you in heavenly style. Do you remember? A few minutes ago, when I said in this, let us confess our sins, to God our Father, and we all together said, Most merciful God. We all said together, We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. Together we said, We have sinned against you, and you alone in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, Dad, and by what we have left undone. We together said, we have not loved you, Father. Abba, Daddy, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. We said, we justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. And for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, we said, Daddy, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory 
of your holy name. And all together we said, Amen. Abba, Father, please make it so. Amen. And then you'll remember right after that that I said something like this upon this confession. I, by the virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce the grace of God unto you all. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By virtue of the office of the servant of God's word, by his authority, not mine, by his authority, I declared you cleansed, forgiven, in the name of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, do you remember hearing this? You sang it. I heard you. Then we rejoiced together at this great gift from the King when we sang, This is the feast of victory for our King. Right? That's what that means. We're in the banquet hall. We've been given great gifts and clothed, forgiven, and we received it. Now, sadly, Jesus teaches that there are those who reject the style of heaven. Jesus says that there will always be some in the banquet hall who insist on wearing their own clothes. They insist on wearing their clothes of arrogance, of narcissism, of self-righteousness, adultery, hatred, and so forth. The old sinful nature insists that he is good enough, that he has no sin, that he does not need the heavenly style and of the righteousness of Christ. The old hypocrite, the one who sneaks in, insists that his style is just fine. And besides, the old sinful nature will say this, a loving God, little g, doesn't really send people to hell. Jesus tells it differently. The party crasher may have been able to fool the servants, but the servants are not the ultimate judge. We must all stand before Almighty God. And there is but one verdict for those who trust themselves and refuse the clothing of the righteousness of Christ. The king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those who reject Christ, those who reject Christ, reject salvation. Those who in any way depend on their own effort for even the smallest fraction of their salvation will meet the king, and he will order them out of the wedding hall. Now, it is a different story for those found on the road. Are you listening? It's a different story for those who were found in the road. The Holy Spirit works through his servants to bring them into the wedding hall and to wash away all of their sins. Though his servants, through his servants, he covers them with the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness, as I said earlier, that was earned on the cross. Now the day will come when they, like Christ, will rise from the dead and they will enter the wedding feast of the Lamb. There they will receive the fulfillment of today's Old Testament list. <laughs> Let's try it again, Ken. They will receive 
the fulfillment of today's Old Testament lesson. Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, of feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And then he says this, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all of the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And they will rejoice at the eternal wedding feast of the Lamb. In conclusion, this. It is finished, is what Christ said on the cross. It is finished when we heard, this is my son, or this is my daughter. You know that God said that over you in your baptism. He claimed you right at that moment, sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked by the cross. And in that time, in your baptism, He clothes you in Christ. And I got to say this. I got to say this about all of you as I look out. You look marvelous. You look marvelous, my brothers and sisters, clothed in Christ, clothed in his righteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Troubled
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day, he arose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Invited by your word and encouraged by your promise of mercy, let us pray to the Lord, Lord have mercy. For the church, for the leaders of the church, for all pastors and missionaries, for those who are preparing for church vocations and for those considering full-time church service, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the blessing of marriage and the faithfulness of husbands and wives, for the children entrusted into their care, for the loving care of children who have suffered abuse or neglect, and for those who open their homes to children in foster care, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy for a welcoming spirit in our congregation, for boldness in our invitation to those without a church home, and for a willingness to serve our neighbor in need and the stranger who lives, whose lives cross our paths. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For compassion toward the sick and those who suffer, for our care of those who need our assistance, for the hospitalized and those recovering, for those who are on our hearts and our minds and spoken out loud right now. We pray that God may grant them healing and comfort, strength and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. For all elected and appointed civil servants, for all judges and magistrates, for all emergency personnel, and for all members of the armed forces, and for all of us as citizens and neighbors, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the dawn of God's eternal day, for an end to death and sorrow, for the comfort of those who grieve, and for the strength of those facing death, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for our communion upon the body and blood of the Lord, and for hearts that burn with desire for the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom without end, let us pray to the Lord. For those preparing for baptism, for those who are in catechism, and for the places where we gather to teach our Bible studies and learn God's Word, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have for gratitude in receiving the Lord's gifts and blessings, for generosity in sharing these resources with those in need, and for the tithes and offerings to support the work of the kingdom in this place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for grace, that we may hear and heed the invitation of our Lord and joyfully wear the baptismal clothing of his righteousness, 
Lord, have mercy. All these things, Lord, we pray that you grant us according to your mercy in Jesus Christ and to fill us with contentment that trusting in your gracious will for all things, our hearts may enjoy perfect rest and perfect peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace at a distance. Will you please stand if you're able? Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The wedding feast of the Lamb is for those who have confessed Christ with their lips, and I heard you, 
It's for those baptized believers who believe in their heart that Christ is exactly who he says he is. And I've heard you. So the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
say parables are difficult. I think uh, the reason for that is to cause us to think and meditate on them. Today I wanted to express to you that this parable does have judgment in it. Those that reject the invitation, are going to perish. But you're not them. But you are part of the priesthood of believers. And you do get to go out into a world that needs to hear who is the author of your hope and salvation. So now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Your side. 